Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Matt Johnson. We are back with another episode of Level Up, where you learn to go from agent to entrepreneur. We've got an amazing guest here with us today. We're talking to George Morris, and we're going to get into a lot of what he's done, uh, building essentially a team of uh, over 1,100 across multiple states. Uh, and we have uh, we got an amazing conversation to get to. So first of all, let's bring in my co-host, Greg Harrelson. Greg, what is up today? Well, man, I am just so excited. I've gotten to know George over the last couple of years, and I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm just so excited to bring this type of conversation to, to the listeners out there. And I know there's a lot of Century 21 uh, members that are going to be listening to this podcast today. And, uh, you know, I tell you, what's up today? George is up today. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let me give for everybody that doesn't know, if you've been hiding under a rock and don't know who George is, let me throw out a couple of things so he doesn't have to toot his own horn too much. Uh, founder and CEO of Century 21 Everest Realty Group uh, based in Salt Lake. Uh, so Everest Realty Group is the number one Century 21 office in the world for units sold and commissions the last two years, number one in the U.S. for the last three years. And then in the Utah market, uh, that office ranks number one for units sold and total sales volume across all brands and independent offices for the last three years. Uh, you've also branched off into California with Troop Real Estate, bringing that into Century 21. That has 12 office locations and 550 agents. Uh, so combined, your team is over 1,100. So the first question is, how in the world did that happen? <laughs> you know, I asked myself that same question. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I'll tell you, every single thing that I think we've achieved has been by design. And I think having a clear vision of the future, exactly what you expect it to be. And so often, you know, as you go through situations like this and you think, well, wait, was it just dumb luck? Of course, there was probably some uh, dumb luck that occurred, maybe even a little divine intervention here or there at times. But the reality is, is that it was a key focus point of saying, OK, what are we going to become? Who are we going to become? And knowing that outcome and starting at the, at the very beginning of this with the end in mind. Well, let's go back to that because you made a reference before we started recording that you essentially started, you know, however many years ago with five people sitting around a conference table. So wh who, who were those people and what was the vision? Yeah. So, you know, there was, there was what, four or five of us who sat around a conference room table and here, here's what it was. I, I got to a point where I don't think I necessarily had a choice. Uh, I, I, I had loved the opportunities that being a broker, an owner, uh, the opportunities of getting involved deeply in the lives of other human beings. Uh, being able to to truly make a deep, profound, long-term difference in people's lives. Uh, I'll tell you, today someone told me, they said, you know, you're really not driven by all the money, are you? And I said, well, it's a nice byproduct, but the reality is, is what's more fun is the difference and the things that happen in the lives of the people that we lead. So with that, there was four or five people who sat around a little conference room table. And I said, hey, as the market was crashing and burning uh, back in 2009, I said, let's how about you think, what do you think about uh, creating a real estate company? And true to his word, uh, this is as true as true, John Syatt, one of my partners, said, well, you know what? If anybody else was to ask me that, I would tell you I think you're completely crazy. But the reality is, is that that was the seedlings of what we've created as Everest. Became a little bit of an independent at the time. Uh, converted, if you would say, a couple of years later to Century 21. And then here we are with uh, just nearly 1,100 agents. But... Uh, operations in both Utah and California, and it's uh, been quite a journey and a, a real exciting one. 
that 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 is awesome. That so so George, let me just or or Matt, let me just jump in here. So, you know, I've been around Century Twenty One since nineteen ninety nine, and I think George, you started maybe seven years ago with within the Century Twenty One system. Is that correct? Uh, no, se- seven years ago or seven and a half years ago now, just as an independent, and then exactly <laughs> twenty months later. So basically, we just hit our five year mark with Century Twenty One. Okay, got it. So when you when you started with Century Twenty One, when you rolled over into the brand, about how many agents were on the team at that time? One hundred and two, to be exact. One hundred and two, and you're at eleven hundred, maybe a little bit more than eleven hundred right now. Just shy of eleven hundred. Okay, so you grew a thousand people in five years. Essentially, every year we've had year over year one hundred percent growth. Okay, year over year over year. So here's just maybe one of the first things that I want to dive into. Because, you know, I get it. You, you could sit with your, your, you know, some good, good minds, sit at the table. There's a lot of real estate agents and a lot of brokers and owners right now that are probably sitting at some coffee table or some dinner table with their friends and, or maybe their, their business associates and they're visioning and creating these big plans. But at sure. the end of the day, you can have the vision, whatever vision you want. You can have whatever business plan, you know, the best business plan in the world. Right. How in the world did you even have the courage to leave that table and take on something so big and execute so well? And, and I say that because there's a lot of listeners right now that in their heart, they want to, maybe they don't want to go from 100 to 1,000, but maybe they want to go from 50 deals to 100 deals, or they want to go from, you know, 50 agents to 100 agents or 10 agents to, to 50 sure. agents. I think it takes courage, but how in the world did you even get the courage and the guts to go for something so big? Yeah. You know, I I'd had, had had some pretty good success in regards to just simply selling real estate on a, on a, just a traditional level. And, uh, but I, I had this great love for the brokerage business and the difference that it made for individuals. And at that point, uh, I think as the market was crashing and burning, I was watching this great need for one thing, and that was leadership. Mm-hmm. And shortly into the, the beginnings of creating Everest, I had a, an experience that really changed me forever. And why it changed me forever, I think, and it's, it's worthy of uh, sharing, is I had an individual come into my office for just you know, a few minutes, it was a little, little mini coaching session. They sat down and they said, can I share a story with you? And I said, sure, share the story. This is very early on. And they said, Hey, I went on a listing appointment. I said, that's great. And I go, did you get the listing? And they said, yes. And right after they said that they started to swell up with uh, some tears in their eyes. And I said, what's wrong? And they said, well, when I was in getting the listing, of course, this is in 2009 when everything is going crazy and not crazy in the bad way, right? And uh, I said, what happened? They said, well, when I was in getting the listing, my, house, or my, my car got repossessed. Mm. And they were just beside themselves. And I thought right then and there, that defining moment for me was I knew that this industry more than ever before needed true leadership. And so at that moment, and what I prepared to from that point and moving forward was to become the best leader I could by whatever I read, whoever I spent my time with and making sure that I did things that, that in some words, self-educated. Most, most people ask me what college I went to and I did, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a university of Utah fan, but uh, I, I'm here to say not even proudly. In fact, I wish I would have finished. I haven't finished. I would say I still haven't finished, but I never got my degree. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting in the back, uh, I was sitting in a car and I had two incredibly talented individuals in the car with me. 
And they said, we don't get it. And I said, you don't get what? We don't understand how you've created this without having a formal education. And I said these words. I said, the smartest thing I ever did was putting smarter people around me than me. And that, and then a keen vision, my own personal leadership and the right leaders around me really have created what we have today is Everest and True. Yeah. So, so here's what I'm hearing. So I'm hearing you, you had a vision. I'm Correct. sure that vision ended up becoming a plan also, right? There, I'm sure there was a strategy there, right? And, and evolved, right? Yes, Change. right. Sure. It was, it was, it was, it was always planning, not just the, you know, there was, as soon as you wrote the plan, it was probably already old, you know, because you had a new thought and you had to go back and restructure, at least from a monthly or quarterly standpoint. But what I'm hearing here is that um, it, it sounds like you developed a passion to lead others. And I'm imagining that 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 desire to lead others to or develop others to a higher level is probably where you tapped in to the courage and the confidence on the days that you maybe felt like, gosh, why am I doing this? Is Absolutely. that really that that's probably what you grabbed onto? So it's a vision, a plan and a passion. And I don't want to get too deep into the emotional passion part of it, but you, you, you had a strong desire to succeed in this particular level. And I'm sure that's well, what uh, put you in the direction. Well, I, look, I'm, I'm, a lot of people will come and, and they, in fact, I had a good friend of me today. He said, do you remember where you were seven years ago? And I said, yes, I was broke and I had yeah. nothing. Wow. And uh, I look at all, of, you know, those who know me well know I had a, a tremendous amount of health issues that happened during the first two years of building this company from heart surgeries to eye surgeries to blown out knees to literally almost choking to death, as crazy as that sounds. But in the process of all of that, uh, a couple of things. One, <clears throat> it was so difficult and so challenging. I remember I could, I, I used to say, hey, I can do anything for 90 days. And what I realized early on in building the company, like you talked about courage, is that I recognized that I had to do the right things every single day. I had to execute when execution had to be absolutely perfect at that time. And so one of the things I started doing is that I couldn't even have enough vision to see 90 days. I couldn't even see 30 days. Mm -hmm. It got so painful as I was building the company, painful from what I had to become, the activities that had to be done, the dynamics of the market, the, the challenges that were there, that I got to the point to where I could say this, I can do anything for one day. And this organization, Everest and Troop, is built on the premise that I can do anything for at least one day. And if I can put enough of those days together and put a great month, a great quarter, a great year, all of a sudden I look back and go, wow, look at what we have accomplished as an organization. And it has been a profound experience. Wow, that, that's a, that is a gold nugget. You know what? Because I think I can do anything for one day. Right. And then tomorrow morning when I wake up, it's a new day. Right. All I have to do is, is repeat that mantra and just get into action. And and so instead of thinking about, well, I've got to do this for 90 days, you know, well, I wish I could do that with my weight. Like I say, instead of trying to figure out how to lose 30 pounds, if I could just say, well, I can lose one pound and then tomorrow right. I just got to figure it out again. Right. All right. So so, George, go deeper into uh, the leadership part of things. And, and what's what's the vision that you're taking people through? And, and how does that match up with your vision for what you want to build versus their vision for themselves and how they fit into that bigger picture? Where, where are you leading people to? Yeah. yeah, no, great question. 
So in, in, for, for me on a personal level, I look at leadership. I love the statement of a John Maxwell who says leadership is nothing more and nothing less than influence. Right. Our ability to influence another human being for good, for the better. So from a philosophical standpoint and really from the, 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 the essence of what our organization is about, it is about one thing. It is that the mission of our company is this, to assist every agent and individual to becoming their very best. So one of the things that I think that's important to recognize is that most people love to compare themselves against each other. In fact, I always say that, you know, Matt and Greg, if you were walking down a trail in the mountains and a bear jumped out, all that would matter is that, Matt, you outrun Greg and you're going to be okay. <laughs> and you probably would, right? I mean, I know Greg well enough. Probably, probably would. Outrun him anyway. <laughs> but, but my point is, is that most of us are comparing ourselves constantly about what others are doing. But the real measuring stick, right, like a Zig Ziglar might say that the only real comparison is what did you do in relationship to what you could have done. So for us in the organization, if our quest in leadership is to help every agent become their very best, for each of us, that will be uniquely different or for each agent, that will be uniquely different. But in, in the thing that's interesting about the industry right now in leadership is this. You hear at least the buzzwords of coaching, training, you know, every agent will get the email that says, oh, we've got coaching or we've got free training, we've got this. We... But it's really not that they have coaching. It's not necessarily that they have training. The essence is how they do that, right? It's, it's, the, it's really the platform that they've created and that they've built themselves on so that when the coaching is done and when the training is done, it becomes invaluable because it takes the agent to the highest level or to the next level in their life. So one of the things I always echo to our team is that the only way our organization becomes invaluable is we help others get to the next level in their life. And when you meet someone or someone comes into your life that takes you to the next level, they become invaluable and you will never leave them. And even if you leave, you realize the value once you leave. And it's just like, we, look, we have agents who leave, but the beauty of that is so many of them when they leave come right back because they see the value that is in that is invaluable to their life. Yeah, that so. that's that that's powerful. And you're you're touching on something, and you you talk about valuable to their life. So right. uh, you know, so surely business uh, number of transactions making money. It, it, you know, that's where a lot of people feel like their value is to help somebody make money. Their value is to help somebody uh, reach a certain number of transactions. When you're sitting down with somebody or maybe you have a company coach, uh, you know, uh, 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 that's sitting down with somebody, when they're looking at setting a plan or a business goal or a business plan with a, with a real estate agent, does it? What all does it encompass? I, I, I'm just I'm hearing that it probably encompasses more or includes more than just money. Oh, absolutely right. So for me, uh, you know, I, I if someone came in and said I want to do a hundred transactions a year, uh, or I want to build this great team, or or I want to keep my team small, but I want to be highly efficient. Whatever the answer they give me, I always say I am I, I I'm not as concerned about what you want as I am why you want it. And when you look at the, the the power of coaching, when you truly know what someone wants, and then the emotional thread that threads through that as to why they want it, then all of a sudden you truly have some leverage to motivate, to inspire. And of course, what great leaders do is that they they consistently remind people of why they're doing what they're doing. And, and, and recasting that vision out into their, 
into their life so that they can continue to pursue that. So part of the mechanisms of our coaching is to making sure that that happens, making sure the mindset's right, their disciplines are right, their skill sets are right, making sure they have a plan, right? A, you know, a consistent or, or, or and consistently are looking at their goals and their dreams. And then of course, creating the systemization around that. So for us, there's six solid fundamentals to every coaching session. And depending on which agent that is in and what their needs are, one coach, one, one agent might need help with their disciplines and prospecting. The other one may be, you know, let's just say they're sideways and their mindset is way off the mark. Or maybe there's a skill set that they're lacking as we go through their numbers and evaluate their process. So, so tell, walk us through like your coaching program. It sounds like you've got a coaching program or at least a, yeah. a training no, program no. internally. Yeah. So can you describe that to us? I, I, I would imagine somebody that's growing. One of the things that I had said to you earlier before we, uh, before we got onto this, uh, the, the, this podcast was, um, you have to be doing something right internally on developing people or else you wouldn't be able to scale no as quickly as you had. So can you kind of give us a little inside look of what that looks like in your company? So I would, I would, yes. So I would go, let me go back to seven years ago for the first, I would say three to four years, my whole objective. And I'm, I'm, I, I don't ever think if this makes sense that I'm like a master of this business, but I, I, I think I do better than some of the individuals. If I look across the country in this business, not by comparison or ego, but I think I have at least a good message from that standpoint of what to say in regards to how to create that. The first three years, my whole world was about focusing on how I was doing it and could I master the very skill sets of coaching, recruiting, uh, business development, that entrepreneurial spirit that we talk about and moving that vision forward. And so in the first three, three and a half, maybe four years, in that, that time frame, it was about making sure I knew what I was doing and how to do it. And then it moved to a different level where, all right, let's make sure that we, let, let me teach others to do the same. Let's get them up to that next level. Then the next step would be, was interesting is that once they were able to sustain it on their own, I was able to go work on other angles of the business. But as they sustained themselves and got good at what they do and mastered what they do, now we're in this mechanism of the, my key leaders are now training other leaders and that the volume of growth and the success of an agent is happening faster and faster because of the duplication of that process. Most of my time today is spent on training other leaders to train other agents. Whereas right, right, four right. years ago, all of my time was spent on training one agent to do it well or to do great things. Right. So, so you start off training agents to become, let's just call them a, a great agent or top producer, right. whatever that is. And master that process yourself, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you got an, a, a train somebody that's an agent to bring, to become a, a much bigger producer. And then those bigger producers train them on how to be leaders. And then now you've got, if you, if we just started with one, you end up with now two leaders and then you can handle three or four more agents, Perfect. You yep. two leaders go and train those four leaders. And then the, uh, the four agents, those four agents become now six leaders. And then you bring in more agents and it just keeps evolving like this. Is that and what I'm hearing? That's and that, and that is the reason for year over year, 100% growth is because it is all about the, the those fundamentals of leadership and making sure that you're able to duplicate that process over and over again. And I'm, I'm a, I, this sounds maybe crazy, but I, 
I've told agents this for years. It's easier to do 100 transactions than it is to do 25 transactions. And in their mind, especially the agent who's doing 25 is like, wait, hold, how can you say that? But, but to do 100, you have to create systemization. You have to bring leadership around you. You have to execute at a higher level. And in those disciplines, what's interesting is you get more freedom and it actually becomes easier. Yeah. I, you know, I've heard that before and I, and, and I thought about it. And when you're doing 25 deals, I mean, it's like you're leveraging yourself. Exactly. And then when you start doing 100 deals, you're, you're leveraging your systems and you may be leveraging some talents of others also, whether it be staff or, great. you know, whatever. Yeah. So it goes from leveraged to leverage. Yeah, I like that. That's great. Big difference. It's yeah, the big, that. big difference there. You know, George, a, a lot of people, you know, are that that would listen to this, um, are going to be a little bit kind of wowed by the numbers. So let's just go back and forget your numbers for a minute. Forget that you went from 100 to to 1,000, and let's just say that you had a uh, a team. You're a real estate agent, a top producer, and you had a team of five people. And you're thinking, gosh, you know, I'd like to kind of develop my team out to uh, 10 people or 15 people. You know, what what have you learned through the process of building your company like this? Um, that you could share with somebody that might be a, you know, kind of having a vision of just doubling the size of their team and maybe they're only at five people right now. You know, what have you learned that you can share that would still apply to them? Yeah, well, I, it's, it's an excellent question and it actually brings me back to right in the infancy when we had just a few agents and two, two things were happening. One, we needed to add agents to the, to the, the company. But the second thing is, is that there was a certain agent count where things got very, very, very busy. And so I, I'm, I'm a pretty simple guy. I mean, I, I like to like keep things very simple. And so what I did is I isolated down to one principle that, and I said it today to a group of agents. I said, this organization was built on one principle, set one appointment a day, no matter what's happening, no matter what's going on. And, and look, this applies to whether it's an agent who's selling real estate every single day, and whether it's their team, it doesn't matter, or whether, of course, it's a broker or a manager or a broker owner, is that it is unbelievable the accumulation effect that can occur if you simply set one appointment a day. And so that principle of those four or five people that were with me and my partners as we built this company, the only objective was set one appointment a day. Most people think, Greg, about our organization, they think, oh, my goodness, well, you must have just done tons and tons of, you know, uh, mergers, acquisitions, and, and, and I'm here to tell you that I look at like the Utah market, we have over 500 agents here. I, I think it's like 90 agents that were through a merger or an acquisition. Uh, it, almost all of our agent count has been built organically, one by one, by the principle of simply doing one thing, set one appointment a day. Yeah, so, so it's, 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 it's as simple as that. You know, it and, you, it, and it goes back to, I can do anything for one day. Yep. Right. It, 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 you seem to bring it back to like it's just set one appointment a day, or you can do anything for, for one, one day. day yeah. And it seems I'm like every Greg. Yeah, you're simple. <laughs> I got a chance, man. I've got a chance. Then at some point, I can, you know, I, I'm going to be able to do it. Uh, yeah. I'm, yeah. You're doing great yourself. I already know. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it kind of one thing that fascinated me about uh, meeting you is is, you know, I've been in my own little world, uh, you know, I was a, a, a producer, an independent producer, 
and when I say independent, a uh, you know a top producer, I guess we call it, whatever that means. And I just remember when um, I decided I was no longer going to build my team under my Greg Harrelson umbrella, and right. I was going to you know disband that, and and then my company was just going to be my team. Right. And I wasn't I was going to allow them to take their individual credit. But what was interesting and I think what's is, is cool about you and I is that. From the sense of like, I don't think of my company as a company, I think of my company as a team. Most of my agents think of our company as a team, but each one of them are building something unique for themselves. Each one of right. them have a different goal. And I think a lot of people miss that. And, and I think, you know, that is also one of the advantages that we may have that allows us to grow. I would imagine you don't have a lot of inner office conflict and probably competition. I mean, I'm sure people have, compete, oh. you know, whatnot. Right. But, but what but, about inner know, office conflict? I doubt it. Right. It was the conversation, right, of, of competing versus, versus creating. But I, I'm a huge advocate. Like, you know, look, I'm hoping that there's a few people who are running teams or orchestrating their teams who are listening to this. My advice always to a team is, is this. And it's the, it's, the, it's the great Ronald Reagan quote. I'm not saying it exact, but it's this in so many words. You know, it's amazing what you can accomplish mm. when you don't care who gets the credit. And, and that philosophy on whether it be our company or a small team or large team, is I'm a huge advocate of recognizing every single team member. I, I, I think that at times there can be challenges where the team lead takes all the credit. And yet I have found that when team leaders give the credit to each one of their team members, like individually, it is fascinating the length of time that they will stay with that team because of that. And it doesn't have to be that way. And it can be maneuvered differently. But boy, I think there's some real power in that. Yeah, I think that's that 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 that's awesome. I'm I'm glad you added that to the conversation. You know, now on, on coaching again, I wanted to just kind of one of the things that was really interesting that you when we were at the global no, it was in the Bahamas. We we're at the uh, leadership conference. Right. You shared with me about a, a podcast. I think it was you, or unless somebody else shared it with me, but I think you told me that you were doing this like cool little podcast, and you and you, you know maybe one or your partners maybe. Uh, I think John's contributing to that also. Yeah, no, he does. And right, I started, I, I, I started listening to it and, and I, I, I tell you, I, I don't listen to every one of them, but I bet you, I listen to at least three a week. Um, but well, you're kind. Thank you for putting yeah, up with me for that much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not you. It's John. I, I like oh, to hear okay. John. Listen to, good, perfect. You listen to John. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You're both of you are fantastic. But what, what was, uh, how did that originate? How did that even come out? Because I really like how you're not really doing a podcast and trying to promote anything. You're literally coming. I, here's what I, I, how I describe it. You two are coming from complete contribution and are just spending three, five, six minutes on the phone talking about some really cool things and delivering so much value to the agents. Was that just originally just for your company or can you kind of tell me how this all came about? Uh, well, I, one, thank you for your kind words. It's very kind of you to say. And, uh, and, and then second, you know, it started on just kind of a, uh, I, after I, I, I started realizing that I was not being able to touch all the lives of the people in our company as we began to grow. And I said, you know, there's got to be a better way to, 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 to connect to these people that we care such a great deal for. And also that, you know, the individual who may not be able to show up at the event or the 
training or can't even come in for coaching just because of circumstances. It allows us to have a touch every single day. So it started initially with just a once a week thing. Then it dawned on me as to how many people were listening to it. So we started doing a daily thing. And then, you know, to where now I, I have to tell you, it's probably one of the single most important things we do as an organization to where we're able to stay connected. And the stories that come back to me, uh, from agents and the impact that it's having have been probably from a kind of from the heart, kind of a gut check, make you feel good kind of feeling uh, has been priceless. It has been absolutely awesome. And of course we may say that it's not monetizing. Like we go out and you know what people do where they'll do the podcast and monetize it, but actually from a monetize from it monetizing from the standpoint, it's elevating the success ratios of our agents from the standpoint of just purely their success. Yeah, absolutely. Which is a give, right? And then let right. the law of reciprocity take place. I mean, exactly. Yeah, and and I get that. You know, here's something I I just wrote down on my notes, and I just I I know I'm going to ponder over this for the next couple of days or, or or the weekend. You, what I just figured out is you're a leader who really likes to connect to those that you lead. And, and I think there's a big difference in a lot of leaders. I think a lot of leaders, they want, they want to be known as a leader. Like they want to, they want people to read about them. They want people to hear about them. They want to inspire them because they did something big. But what I'm hearing, and, and, and I think this is critical for your success, um, is that you want to be connected to these people. So I can imagine if I'm part of your organization, how that's going to make me feel. And, and quite frankly, if I have to, you know, if I have to get up on a bad day and go, go to work and do something, I'm more likely to do it for you than I am for most people because you're willing to be there for me. So that, I just wanted to share that because I'm hearing that in this conversation. And I think it's important that, you know, for those that are listening that, that want to step up their game and be better, better leaders and more motivating, inspiring leaders for their team or whoever, I think they can, they can pull from that. So that's awesome. Greg, it's interesting you bring that up. So many people, because they'll see our numbers, they'll, they'll say, you know, when we first started the business, people used to think, well, these guys will never make it in business. Now they complain about the fact that we do too much business and, you know, and, and which, but from, from that people will almost demonize me as thinking that I'm so driven for the almighty dollar. But what, what creates the revenue is the connection and your care and your concern for another human being. The, the byproduct, the, 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 the success from the standpoint of the agents, the revenue that they bring in is a byproduct because they feel valued. You, you know, you know this, I mean, yeah. any, any agent who, you know, when they sit out there in the marketplace and they're, they're trying to get a certain commission, right? The commission is always going to be in direct proportion to the value that they bring to the marketplace or to that particular client. And so I have always said that if, if there's a high level of value based on who you are to that, to that client, then you're going to get the commission that you desire. But the commissions and the value are always in proportion. That could not be any more true in regards to our organization that the people are here. I mean, I'm not here to say that our organization is by far the cheapest because it is not. Uh, but people are here because there's a balance between the value that they get and the difference it makes in their life in relationship to the money or the commissions that they may say, I give up for to be here. And it's worth it to them. Yeah. So it's important that we recognize that whether we're an agent, a broker, a manager, an owner, that we, we and I were talking about this earlier, is we have to create that value so that that value becomes the focal point 
and the money follows the value and the success that you bring to an agent. Oh, that's that's great, man. And I, I tell you, I really appreciate you, you know, being on this uh, on this podcast with with Matt and I. I just I'm excited for you know those within the Century Twenty One system to just get another look at you know at, at what you all are doing, and uh, you're very inspiring for myself. I, I'm actually I'm keeping my eyes on you, and I'm watching you, and I know that you and I trade conversations every once in oh, a while, yeah. and, and we'll do anything to help each other out. So I appreciate that also. Uh, anything Absolutely. else, well, uh, I Matt? You doing this, and I hope you know yeah. I'm 100% behind it. And boy, Good. to hear other other great leaders across the country and the things that they're doing and yeah. the things that they've mastered, boy, I, I can't think of a better way to share ideas and elevate our own personal leadership. Absolutely. That, no well, doubt. Speaking of that, so I want to mention uh, where people can connect with this. So Elevate Your Real Estate, uh, that is on iTunes. So people can go and check that out, subscribe to the show and get that daily three to five minute podcast. Uh, right. But George, I'm also curious, maybe it's just a selfish question, but going back to where you had to develop that skill set of leadership and increase your own capacity, what were some of your favorite uh, resources, whether they were books or seminars or anything like that? What really helped you develop that skill set? Yeah, no, thank you. That's a great question, Matt. I... <clears throat> I remember the moment I opened up a book, and it's and, and certainly most people would know him, but it's the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John Maxwell. Mm -hmm. When I opened that book and started reading, I realized I had a long ways to go, but I also remember that there was a very important principle in that book that said leaders are not just born, they are made. And so I have a firm belief that there is nothing you cannot learn, and there's nothing that you cannot do. And so I look at that resource from the standpoint of what I read and that being one of the great books. But then I look at the people like a Mike Ferry or uh, you know, other key leadership, of course, within the Century 21 system, my association and friendship with Rick Davidson and, and his senior leadership team and those. The, the impact of who we spend our time with, I think, is a, is, is a, it needs to be more deeply uh, identified than probably people give it credit for. I, I cannot imagine where I would be without a Mike Ferry, without a Rick Davidson, or all the different associations of like Greg and key leadership within the Century 20 system. Without it, I, I would not be who I am today. Their free will, free, their freeness to sharing every idea, thought, concept has been absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Growth by osmosis, definitely a key, key part of that. So. All right. Well, let's finish up with this. Uh, Greg Harrelson, uh, how would you like people to connect with you? Well, you know, I tell you what, I'm very easy to, to reach. You can just connect with me at gregharrelson at gmail.com. That's the one that I, uh, that I give out for anyone that just wants to email me, ask me a question, or, and I'll do everything I can to, to share an answer and give you an opinion and see if I can help you out. Cool. And then, George, you want to give us just a quick rundown of where your guys' main offices are, are at? And if people are interested in learning more about your team and potentially yeah. joining your team, how do they go about doing that? So on the California market, we have just uh, we have 12 amazing offices throughout the Ventura County area and also North L.A. up in Santa Clarita area. Uh, our corporate offices are in the Simi Valley area. Uh, and then in Utah, our corporate offices are right there in Midvale uh, across the what you call the I-15 corridor. And uh, would love it. Also, by the way, a lot of people don't necessarily sign up for the podcast itself, like on iTunes. So often we have people who just send me a quick email. And my email is pretty simple, George Morris at century21.com. And if you send a quick email to me, happy to sign you up for that podcast. And uh, on uh, Mountain Time at 7 a.m. every day, five day, or five days a week, uh, that podcast, that little three to five minute call, uh, that we put out goes out every single day uh, during the weekdays. 
Perfect. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, to do that and, and, of course, to be with us uh, today. So for those of us, uh, for those of you that are watching, uh, if you're here on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to uh, the Level Up podcast right here. If you are listening on iTunes or Stitcher, make sure to subscribe as well. And uh, we'll see everybody on the next episode. Great. Hey, thanks, guys. Hey, thanks.